Welcome to Sell Me Something Good, the podcast where we teach you how to make good money and feel good doing it. We'll talk about squirm-free sales tactics, launching and scaling. We're also going to talk with good people with businesses doing very good things in this world. Every week, you'll walk away with real sales strategies you can use in your business right away. This is Angela Greaser. And this is Melissa Camilleri. Grab your favorite notebook and pen. It's time to sell me something good. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel I can do no wrong And I gotta say yeah It makes me feel good Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Sell Me Something Good. Melissa, what's going on? What's good? Um, what is good this morning um, as we're recording is my youngest, who's three, he gets up out of his bottom bunk and he, I hear little footsteps down the hall and he goes, mommy, where's daddy? And daddy was sitting at the table, um, getting a head start on work this morning and answering emails or whatever. And he goes, but I want to go back in mommy and daddy's bed. And this is, I know this moment in time is going to not last forever, but what is good is baby snuggles in the morning and then him falling back asleep on my pillow. And then I get to go in there and just snuggle right next to him. And then I said, you know, when he, when it's all quiet, Lukey, I love you. And I could see his little dimples. He smiles in his sleep when I say it. And it's so good. It's so good. I love it. I'm, I'm going to take that one too. I love our little kid snuggles. Our girls are seven and four, and they are just the most affectionate, amazing little girls. And I'm savoring every night, every night, when, especially when like bedtime is going late and I'm like, just go to bed, settle just down, bed. just go to bed. But then I like every time in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, Ellie is seven. That means she's almost eight. That means she's not going to want to snuggle me soon. Like it just, oh, I have to, I have to savor it. So I'm savoring that. I would say that is my something good as well. Do they share a room? They do because they want to, they don't have to, they have two twin beds that are side by side and they just, they, they're pals as much as they fight. Sometimes they're pals and they don't want to be in different rooms. We, they were in separate rooms and they asked to be together and here we are. Oh, cute. Mine are in the same room because they need to be, we have a two bedroom, little tiny cottage, but we, um, well, Nick always gets mad when I say it's a cottage, but <laughs> it is. cottage sounds like an amazing little fairy tale and your house is so charming style so maybe it's not really a cottage I don't know anyways I don't want to get like my design words mixed up but with a two-bedroom and so they do share a room but they want to share they and they won't they won't ever like be apart it's so I love it so cute okay today in this episode we are going to continue on our conversation about marketing events um like we were talking about in the last episode but last episode we were speaking um primarily about information-based products or digital downloads or courses or programs. And in this episode, I want to talk specifically about marketing events for product-based businesses and how we can utilize this one-to-many model in a way that serves um, essentially our bottom line, but in the meantime is really um, impactful for our customers and helps us to sell without feeling weird or slimy or whatever about it. So 
I am going to take the reins on this one because I had a product-based business for a very long time. And yes. And I learned so much from Melissa on this topic. I love learning more about how to strategically grow product-based businesses. And what's really neat is that Melissa and I are working with some brick and mortar clients now, in addition to our online business, even online product-based businesses that we've worked with, but we're also working with like some retail wholesale brick and mortar, like actual storefronts, which is so fun. I, and I, so just, it's so cool to see how the different sales strategies overlap. So I'm so excited to, to learn from Melissa myself in this episode and, and add my, whatever nuggets I can. <laughs> You're the best. So the thing about um, having a product-based business is that you tap out of your warm market pretty quickly, right? You let your friends and family know, you send out a text to everyone, you put it on Facebook, you put it on Instagram, and then you say, hey, I'm selling this thing. So in my case, it was wire-wrapped rings. Um, and my family and my friends and my colleagues that I was working with at, you know, at school or whatever, they were great. And they were like, I'll take one, I'll take three. And then eventually after that first season, they were kind of tapped out. And, and if you are selling, um, a product that is not consumable, meaning people aren't going to run out of it and need to buy more something like a ring that's supposed to last for a while, um, then you really have to find a way to get out in front of more eyes. That's the only way to scale your business, right? You need to find more people. So um, I, I kind of knew that instinctively. And so the very first thing I did for a marketing event, I, in my head, I had these rings. So I thought they were, I was in the fashion space. So I thought, what fashion things are happening right now in my town? And how can I meet somebody who is involved in this. So I saw we had Sacramento Fashion Week coming up. This is very early on in my business. And I thought, huh, I wonder how I can talk with somebody to see if I could either have a booth there or I could get my rings featured there and get some press. What, what could I do? So I contacted, I just looked up, like I just started Google searching. Who is this person? And I contacted the head of, um, like marketing or whatever for SAC Fashion Week. And they put me in touch with a designer. And this designer contacted me and he said, oh my gosh, I actually really love your stuff. Would you meet, like bring, bring all of your rings, uh, like samples to, um, to this coffee shop. We'll meet, I want to see him in person. And so he had them, he had his models wear them that night on the runway. How weird. I mean, that's amazing. I know. That's so cool. So cool. And they're rings. So it's not like they're, they're like getting a lot of like, you know, I don't know, photographs or whatever on a runway. Cause it's very far away. But what it did is it created, um, awareness with people who I thought might be interested. So I didn't make any sales that night. But what I did get were some pictures of very fancy models wearing my rings. So I was able to repurpose that. That was cool. The next marketing event that I um, got involved with was there are boutiques. Um, there's like a, a row of boutiques in our, <laughs> in our town. And they all got together and said, we're going to do like this, this fun shopping event where we're going to invite everyone out to get to like 
you know, they, they pay, you know, $5 to participate and they get this card. And then if you buy a little something at each of the stores, you get, you know, your card punched and then it goes into a raffle and you get, you know, a gift card to all of the stores. I don't know. It was something like that. Right. And so I got in touch with one of the boutique owners. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. And I said, Hey, I'm a designer in town. I have these rings. Could I set up a table in like the, the customer walking area, like on this path that, that is, you know, people are walking from boutique to boutique. Could I have a, can I set up a table? And she's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, that's fine. That that's like another thing for people to like be involved in. So I was like, cool. More people who are involved in fashion that aren't my friends and family can check out what I have. So I actually sold some stuff there. And what I started to learn was that if you can connect who your ideal client is for, cause it always goes back to ideal client. Remember I was very clear on who I was selling to. And if you can figure out where those people are gathering and you can show up there, you will get your stuff in front of more eyes. I will tell you farmers markets weren't my people, but I learned that the hard way. What questions do you have for me? Any, any questions? I, I love this. I, I don't have questions yet. However, I, first of all, I love how this is a class that I'm just attending. <laughs> I love that. I have more, I have more you guys. More. Oh my goodness. But I, one of the things that I, I love is that none of this is this big, super secret, like super difficult strategy and you need to hire a giant expensive a giant consultant I don't think that's a thing but like a big you know fancy consultant or anything it is really common sense and it really goes back to empathy and action because the empathy is understanding where are these people and it's also not just the people but how does my product fit into the world like when you think about this ring and you think about different places where this ring might fit in, fashion, education, not farmer's markets, we know that, but you think about these containers about where your product might fit. And I love thinking outside the box. I love the idea of going back to what problem you're solving with a ring and one is people's need for fashion, right? People, people want to look fashionable, so they need a ring. But then there's also gifting. And when you think of gifting, then there's about a million other possibilities that that opens up. Holidays, birthdays, occasions, professions, like human resource departments. You just, the opportunities are endless, but it's up to us to make those connections and to make those asks. Like when we were talking with Stephanie Burns a few episodes ago about making those audacious requests, making those unreasonable requests, because they're not going to come find you and ask you. They, you might get random DMs on Instagram. Everybody gets those kind of weird DMs, but actual legitimate opportunities you need to go create for yourself. So making the ask, and the only thing that's going to happen is they're either going to say yes or no, or somewhere in the middle. So you have nothing to lose by doing some Google research. Don't wait. Don't wait for somebody to make a connection for you. Don't wait until you read the mic. Don't wait until you meet the right person. 
Google, hello. <laughs> People's email addresses are everywhere. And Melissa, that's what I love. I love that you're like, yeah. So me and all my fancy connections at Fashion Week, I just, uh, you know, got my product on the runway. Nope. You used Google. You sent an email. You asked like that. That's just what you do. And that's so many people get paralyzed by that. They don't know how to take action with their ideas. And I love that you were just like, okay, I got this. You know what you, you were saying, like, um, how you connect it to the people who like, whose problem you're solving, right? How do you connect your physical product and get in front of the eyes of the people who need it or want it? So when I first started, I thought I had a fashion brand but it was through actually showing up in these fashion spaces to realize what I actually had was a gift brand, but I wouldn't have made that connection or understood that that's why people were buying my stuff unless I started and I, and I just got into action. So I didn't sit around like at my computer thinking, how can I build this really wonderful brand? I just went out and started talking about it to anybody who would listen and what happened was that at one of these fashion events, I think it was at this boutique event, actually, if I remember correctly, somebody said, oh, this is so cute. My sister's birthday is next week. I'm going to buy this for her. And I thought, oh, hmm, how can I make this stand out as a gifting brand? So I started to think about what my brand encompassed. So for those of you who, who don't know, Compliment, which was this it started off as rings and it, it evolved into jewelry. And you can hear that in episode two. You can learn my story in episode two. <laughs> Go back and listen. When I started this, it was a fundraiser to raise money for my students. So I knew that teachers like me were going to love to have the opportunity to give a gift that also benefited students because it was um, a connection to their values. So the very next marketing event that I did after that boutique week or what weekend or whatever, was I asked for a table at our district office to sell to the people in our school district for a holiday gifting like thing. And I think from that event, I ended up making, I don't know, maybe 30 sales. So for like a couple hours of work, I made 30 sales instead of me just trying to sell one to one person at a time, people came in and they said, okay, well, cool. I can get like all of my stocking stuffers. So I have two daughters, two daughters-in-law, my sister, my neighbor. Okay. Can I take seven? And it's like, yeah, you can absolutely have seven units of this product, right? Instead of just one-to-one. -one. So that is how I actually grew compliment to what it was. There was a lot of like non-Instagrammy legwork that went in and making connections with people where I knew a group gathering around a certain value or around a certain desire or around a certain problem that I could solve would be. And that continued to be the question that I asked myself as we were growing. I would say, where are my people? That was always the question I asked, where are my people and how can I get in front of them? And how I can that. I, how can I make it so that we're not just selling one item to one person, but that one person is either buying multiple items or multiple people at one time are buying one item. That was how we scale. I love it. I love it. And I would love to hear from you 
what are some of the ways? So you, I know you, these kind of strategies and, and what you've talked about so far with how you've scaled compliment is going to other people's events or other people's venues, right? Doing, letting them, they've already gathered people. You're Mm going to just going to go show up, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you, if you feel like you've tapped that market or you feel like you want to do something on your own, how do you gather people around your product? Great question. So I just did my own trunk shows. I did that multiple times. And sometimes, I mean, it's so funny because now, I actually have a network marketing business too that sells products that are consumable. And this is the model that we use. So I would actually call up somebody who maybe was already a customer of mine and say, I want to host a trunk show and I'm looking for you. If you, if you're interested, I will give you X amount of product in exchange for you hosting a little like wine and cheese thing at your house or whatever could I come and set up my, my samples? And we do like a shopping party and people would ask me there, is this your brand? Or are you like a rep for a brand? Because I think that model is really common for network marketing brands, but I just did it myself. I thought, oh, well, how can I get into somebody else's network? Right. The people that I know are connected to people that I don't know. And if, if this person that I do know in my warm market has similar values to me, probably the people that they're connected to in their network that I don't know yet also have the same values. And so that model for like a year worked great. And I would go into my friends' homes and then they would gather their friends and it was really chill and fun. And it was like, hey, we're doing this shopping event for um, whatever. And the model for us was for every... um, I don't remember the math, but for every X amount of dollars, this party is going to cover like $25 toward our scholarship fund. So they were like incentivized um, to purchase because they knew that they were donating to this fund. And I just gave a little spiel, talked about the company, talked about what we were about. And people were like, oh my gosh, this stuff is so cute. Okay. So I can like personalize it. And yeah. And then they would check out at the end of the night. And it was that was super cool. So that, that was taking, um, that was expanding my network on purpose, like using, using the resources I had and then just, you know, finding I've done, I've done online trunk shows. You want to talk about that? Okay. Yeah. Nodding your head on of Zoom. course. Yes. Um, so letting people know, Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. There's going to be some specials. We're going to raffle off some prizes. So one thing that Melissa and I have done for clients and are currently doing with clients are creating marketing events that are revolving around something that isn't the product. So Melissa was just talking about what I always think of as like the Tupperware party model, where you are hanging out with friends and shopping together and all that super fun. But with this, you're almost creating an experience for people. So I've seen some really awesome, let's say jewelry. We're talking a lot about jewelry, but um, where there'll be like a date night, like come make your own jewelry. And it takes place inside the shop. And so they're surrounded by your product, but they're also paying to be part of this workshop. They're getting an experience or getting to know your brand. And that where it's not necessarily a, 
you know, the, the traditional Black Friday sales and the discount sales and the birthday sales, we all, you know, that's kind of common knowledge. You can do sales whenever you want. It's a great way to incentivize people to get, you know, get on people's radar. But creating those events that aren't necessarily a, it's, it's almost like taking that webinar model where you're delivering value to lead to a service or digital product. It's really that same model that can be applied to products, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a, um, you know, an experience, whatever that might be, that can be done in person, brick and mortar in your shop, but it also could be done online where you have a painting workshop or you have a, even if it's a, a, a like managing stress during the holidays workshop, and then your product is a holiday planner, right? That you've designed that they can buy at the end or something like that. There's so many different options and it's all about being creative and using your platform and your product to solve problems in really creative and fun ways. I love that. That's so good. I actually went to, this was not for my own business, but um, there is a, um, I have two friends. One is an event planner and one is a cake, make a cake and cookie, like a, a patisserie. Like she has a boutique patisserie and they got together and did a Valentine's day cookie decorating workshop. And they did it for, and it was like using, you know, like this, like water, edible watercolors. I don't know if you've seen like the, the really like beautiful, beautiful, um, cookie decorating. And so I bought a ticket for my mom and I, and we, they had all the materials that like, you know, Amanda uses when she's decorating her cakes and cookies out on the table. And we got to learn how to do it. And in the meantime, it was in the, the event planner's studio. So you got to know what she did. And she had all of her stuff displayed of like, you know, wedding she's, she's done designed or baby showers she's designed. And it was a way to get people in the door doing something that wasn't actually the thing that they were doing. So even though it's not um, necessarily, well, yeah, cookies are a product. Yeah. Cookies are totally a product. product. (laughs) Um, But it was great. And, And then you got to talk to with the people around you and the people who they were inviting were all in their own warm networks. Right. And so I showed up, but I met a whole table of women that I didn't know before that they all knew, but I didn't know. And then we all shared what we were doing. So it was still networking, right? For, for my own personal business. But then I got to walk away with these pretty cookies that I decorated and a fun new skill. And then I placed an order with her. Yes. See, See, it all is connected. So it's, it's like a broken record on this show, but we're looking for connections, right? We're connecting our product to the end user and how we do that is really on us because we can have a beautiful Instagram feed. We can have a beautifully decorated storefront, but unless we are creating things with our user in mind, with our buyer in mind, unless we are really getting creative and seeing where our product fits, no matter what our product is looking for, where it fits is such a game changing strategy rather than just, I'm creating this product. I'm creating these cookies because I love them and I'm good at them. And this is my art. It is, I'm creating these cookies because I love them and they are my art. 
and because people need them for this and this and this, and because it fills this need and because blah, 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 blah. So it all really fits together. And I feel like we have barely scratched to the surface on marketing events for product-based businesses, but I just want to encourage you, if you want to hear more about product-based businesses, if you are, we, cause again, we're creating this for you. We want to hear from you. DM us on Instagram. Let us know what your products are. We'd love to share them in our stories, tag us so we can share some of your stuff and show people what really good businesses you guys are all doing in the world and get those products out there. Let us be part of your network. We would absolutely love that. And Melissa, thank you for sharing your, your experience. I'm sure we're going to do more episodes on this, but this is, this has been a lot, but then also just scratching the surface. Yeah. I'm so happy to share anytime. So if you guys have any questions, like, like Angela said, hit us up on Instagram. Um, I will leave you with a challenge. If you do have a product-based business, my challenge to you is to really dig into who your ideal client is and then think of a place or, um, yeah, a place where they gather, where you where multiple of your ideal clients might be gathered together. And if you can find a contact in like the contact information for somebody related to that place where they are gathering, whether it's the shop owner or the farmer's market, you know, leader or whatever, and send them an email and let them know that you exist and see if you can't get a marketing event on the calendar. I love it. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. The Sell Me Something Good podcast is hosted by Angela Greaser and Melissa Camilleri. Our theme song is It Makes Me Feel Good by Sonnet Simmons. Come connect with us on Instagram at Sell Me Something Good. It makes me feel good.